Welcome to the suburbs. I'm Kim. I'm Juice. And this, this is, is Suburban, Suburban Podcast. Podcast. We're just two bougie Negroes trying to figure out how to express our blackness in white spaces. Follow us on Twitter at Suburban Pod. All right. Have fun and enjoy. Let's get to it. listen to like gangster music from like the 90s yeah and you be like what the you really think like especially like thinking about the misogynism yeah and and even Charlemagne says that a lot i know we reference him all the time but he was just like back then we didn't know that you know what we were doing or what we were saying was rape culture right like, yeah nobody broke it down like that you just the only people that were trying to break it down were mad old people and Young people when Weren't old people to tell them to shit, be like, yeah, shut your old ass up, right? But now you're like, huh, kind of has a point. Like, I loved uh, like the Chronic and stuff, like growing up. But I was listening to Doggy Style not too long ago, and I was listening to Ain't No Fun if the homies can't can't get done. That song, so before you, before you opened up your yap, yap, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, like that shit is, like I understand now. <clears throat> Even Snoop Dogg was saying that on the Breakfast Club, where he was talking about it a mm-hmm. little bit. He was like, "I'll perform those songs, but I'm I'm not the person that I was then." Mm-hmm. He said when he, he was making those songs when he was 19, 20 years old. That was his life at that moment. Now he'll sing the songs because people remember him, but he's in a different space completely. Oh yeah, especially that's, as somebody that's married and has kids. He's like, got grandkids now. He does. I forgot. Like his oldest son has a kid. Yeah, that's crazy. Snoop, somebody, granddaddy. Wow, <laughs> that's so crazy. <laughs> um, speaking of which, I speaking guess of rap songs. I guess that's a good way to start. Um, Pusha T. Well, actually, a lot of it was a lot of albums came out on Friday. What else? Um, we had ASAP. You had uh, Pusha T. You had um, was somebody a producer came out with an album. I can't remember. But anyway, so the major ones were uh, Pusha T and ASAP. Pusha T's album is so fucking good like I was not ready for how good it was because like going in like I've always been a Pusha T fan Mm -hmm. I guess but it was like I wasn't super hard on him but I understood I enjoyed his music when he started messing with Kanye I I got more interested naturally I can see that and I knew going ahead that Kanye was going to produce his album, uh, Nas's album, Tiana Taylor's album, Kid the Cudi. album with Kid Cudi, and Kanye's Wait, so personal is, album. Is Kid Cudi not doing his own? Is is him and Kanye yeah, collaborating? Uh, yeah, the name of the album and the group is Kid See Ghost. Oh, yeah, that's right. 
So, but it's still gonna be seven songs. Yeah, all all five projects are gonna be seven songs. Mm-hmm. Now, I did see some. I was watching a Hot Nine Seven interview with Pusha T, and he was talking about how he had to fight Kanye for the whole seven songs, and Kanye's like, "Just trust me." Like, because apparently Pusha T's album was already done. And it was like, I think like 14 tracks, like a standard rap album. Mm-hmm. And he's, he gave it to Kanye. Kanye listened to it, I think he said like two or three days. Pusha T came back and Kanye was like, I like your album. But I'm going to be honest, I think I can make these beats better. If you just trust me. So Pusha T was like. All right. I mean, it's, it was definitely a smart move. Like he, I think he said the first, well, the second song on the on the album is the first one he heard. And once he heard it, he was like, all right, I'll, I'll let Ye do this. Because they said Kanye went to Amoeba uh, Records, which is a, a really big record store out in California, and bought like a thousand albums to sample. So he was going back to like, college dropout yay mm. where he's chopping up samples mm. and making the beats by himself so I, I I was like all right I'm gonna see how this is because with all Kanye shenanigans I really want to know the reasoning behind the seven though like I mean of course seven means different things to different people but seven it was based on seven being God's number okay like the complete number <clears throat> seven is a number of completion in the Bible. It, I thought it was the. I thought that's why there's seven days in, in a week. Is it? I always thought eight was the number of completion. My mama told me seven, and she religious as hell, so I believe her when she's talking about Bible stuff. This is true. Like I know that it's a divine number, definitely. But yeah, it means several things. But I think the reasoning for the album was that Kanye said number seven, infinity and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And also, on this on this idea, I think Kanye actually has a good idea because, all right, now we listen to most albums through streaming. And really, like I said this when uh, Chris Brown came out with that uh that big ass oh like, my god like 40, 40, 45 45 tracks. songs I was like man I ain't got time to listen to shit <laughs> I still haven't listened to all <laughs> hell that. no it's just like with Ray Schremer I like them but I I listen to their album together and I listen to some of the tracks on both of their solo shit mm-hmm. but that whole outcast putting out two different projects they yeah. that shit is dead man yeah, it's too much I got too much shit to do we I mean but I feel like we're also in a, in a time where we're actually wanting to digest music and I feel like I've talked about this on Twitter before where we don't want to just like play a song through and ride down the street like we actually want to listen to the production we want to understand the lyrics people are actually right. listening to music to understand it and to feel it and to relate to it so when you come out with 47 different songs on one damn album ain't nobody trying to relate to it past track 12 no. <laughs> it's just like even like too much even back in the day like when Lil Wayne was on his run where he was dropping all those mixtapes he wouldn't do that Mm-mm. he'd give you 10 14 at a time and then let you do that then three months down the road you got Throw the new else out. Lil Weezy and then yeah. plus he had songs like that I think people misunderstood what he was actually doing uh-huh. he was trying to flood the market but he was also trying to make it to where 
his product was the most reliable. Uh-huh. 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 So I feel like Future used to do that. Yeah, Future Future did it well also. Gucci as well. Yeah, Gucci did too. Shit. And shit, Drake almost. <laughs> yeah. The way he be spitting out music, honestly. And we'll get to that a little later. <laughs> um, but also I think Kanye does think that the seven seven track albums are a wave of the future. Like, you can say a lot of shit about all the other shit he does, but mm-hmm. music-wise, I do trust Kanye. Yeah, me too. So, also, if you look at how, the, speaking of the structure of how people were flooding the market, the way he did Good Fridays, and then came out with an album of completely new music, mm-hmm. he did the exact same thing. These are people that understand why this song is good, why this song isn't. And by coming out with a seven track album that's 21 minutes you have such small room for error it has to be perfect that's what I was gonna say it's so heavily like raked through and curate like you you're basically making an exclusive album yeah it's pretty much when you're putting that few songs on an album you have to to want to make an album anyway you just have to create a whole lot of music it's just like photography getting the perfect shot you gotta shoot a thousand times before you get the good shit so I feel like only putting seven songs in the album like you really picked the cream of the crop so and he did that shit Pusha T spits his ass off and the production is such like old school Kanye Mm -hmm. and it's also I'm a big Wu-Tang fan gang gang Wu-Tang for life so uh, one thing I've always enjoyed about Kanye's music is he got a lot of his production style from RZA. Like RZA, the way he includes samples and mm-hmm. uses movies and shit and makes it just choppy. <clears throat> Kanye perfected how it's it's not as choppy. But on this album, he does it a little more rough around the edges, which with uh, Pusha T, his rap, like the way he raps, it fits perfect. So you have a 21-minute album that gives you... You want to listen to it over and over again. That's the other part about it. It's so short, but the lyrics are so deep that you're like, I got to listen to this again. Like, I listened to that album on Friday at least six times. Damn. And I made the mistake... You you really took it in. (laughs) And I still don't understand everything in it. Like, it's... Is that good? I haven't listened to an album like that in a very long time. Probably since Damn. And which, and Damn is a little different because Damn is what, 14 tracks? Mm-hmm. About an hour? But I listen to Damn every day for a year, at least once. I was on it pretty heavy. And I used to, of course, I did, I've done all Kanye's music like that, Jay Z. There's certain people that I'll do that with. But, yeah, I listened to it six times. And I was like, man, Kanye is back. And Pusha T is 40 years old, rapping his ass off. Rapping his ass off. To dope-ass fucking beats. Last track of uh, Pusha T's album is called Infrared. In which he throws shots at Baby and Drake. Drizzy Drake. And... So, you know, about six o'clock, SoundCloud, uh, 
Drake uploads a new track. And all hell breaks loose. I'm in shock. The nerve, the audacity. <laughs> okay. Okay, so um, around 6 o'clock on Friday, Drake uploaded uh, a new track on SoundCloud mm-hmm. called Duppy Freestyle. <laughs> because you know I don't know how but Drake's Jamaican now it is what it is I'm a fan of Jamaican culture I let him cook because he went all the way in on that track he really did like I didn't think it could get worse than back to back He it, it, it was so much better than back to back rap wise it felt way more effortless yeah Almost like somebody did make that argument that he might have had that one in the tank. Waiting. He was waiting. Like, he... And also, the way he starts it out, I feel like we dwell on the fact of Drake being sensitive and light-skinned and all of the other things that the internet is good at making fun of. Mm-hmm. But Drake is a really good MC. He really is. I can't take that away from him. And I thought that before this. It's just every now and then, Drake feels the need to remind you, like, that's almost like his Hove shit. That's the part of him that he got from Hove. Yeah. Like, it's like, all right, I, I could throw these sly shots, but every now and then, I just got to prove to you that I'm one of the greatest of all time. Yep. I and mean, I, it, his, his work, his, his success speaks for itself as far as like our generation it, it's him and Kendrick like I'm not really too big of a Cole fan because I feel like Cole is kind of simplistic and I catch Cole's punchlines and things on first listen it's just yeah it's not deep enough and but people swear like <laughs> you gotta be a rocket scientist to understand you don't have the level of intelligence people be like did you hear that and I'm like yeah and I got it already yeah, like, like, I don't have to listen again <laughs> some people say that with Kendrick also but no Kendrick mm-hmm. is so multi-layered that you would think that but it's not even like the way he uses his voices and things are different now this last J. Cole album he did that a little better he wasn't as boring I feel like his his last album or not his like his most recent was probably one of the better ones I think it was his best one. Um, but I'm just... After Forest Hills Drive, because I did really enjoy that album. I did too. I'm I'm not going to say I'm not a fan, but I'm not like a stan. Yeah. And they are out here. <laughs> they are real deal out here. And I don't want to hate on J. Cole, but I'm just not... I'm not that J. Cole Mm-mm. hype. Mm-mm. And it's also... It seems... It's a certain type of person that's that J. Cole I agree. fan. And if you get what I'm saying, you I get what I'm saying. I don't think I have agree. to go in de- too much in detail. <laughs> think about the people you know who are diehard J. Cole, J. Cole fans. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Just think about some of the things that they have in common. They all have certain things in common. This is true. And I'm not, I'm not going to throw those shots because I know a couple diehard J. Cole fans. <laughs> but just know that we see you <laughs> and we understand. But yeah, I try to distance myself from those people. Right. <laughs> and I'm sure people do the same thing about like with Kanye and because I'm, I'm definitely a diehard Kanye stand. Oh, yeah. But I also like to do within reason. Even... Uh, it's hard for people to listen to the Kanye thing right now. So I'll use the other person that I'm a stand of. I'm a huge LeBron stand. Like, huge. Okay. So, like, people be dissing him. Some people just love to hate LeBron. And I understand that because yeah. that's how it was with Kobe. I just love to hate Kobe. And, and even when he was gone, I was like, man, I'm going to miss hating that dude. Because <laughs> it's just like when you hate against somebody and then they still just out here just balling, you're just like, that, that nigga really is that dope. You kind of playing into the hype a little bit. And I feel like that's what Drake kind of did with this. Because, I mean, it's, e- it's easy to make Drake jokes. It's easy to make all these light skinned jokes and everything. But you cannot deny that that nigga is fire. That he knows what he's doing with his music. Yeah. Alright. So the way he starts it out, like when he's like, just like, the nerve. Right. Like the he audacity. Was, he was so, he just <laughs> felt like he was sitting in his living room. Like this nigga. Texting some girl. It was like, you know shit. what? hit play right he's just like let me just talk about my feelings real quick since that's what I do let me air this nigga out real quick let <laughs> me get this off my chest and go on about my business and he goes in for the beginning like when he goes in he says what do you say so if you rebuke me for working with someone else on a couple of V's what do you really think of the nigga that's making your beats? Bruh, when he did that shit. intro alone. <laughs> when he said that shit, I paused it. Real shit, I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> I didn't know he was about, like, I didn't know what was going to happen before. I just saw niggas be like, yo, Drake snap. I didn't know he was going to come out the gate. But you know, that's popping. how a beef should be. Like, that first verse ought to shut you up automatically. Like, yeah. come like, through the gates. Like With the old, fire. the old pop. That's why I fucked your bitch, you fat motherfucker. <laughs> like, like when you come in like that, you like, okay, I'm all ears, right? But all right, what what do you really think of the nigga that's making your beats? I've done things for him. I thought he would never need. Father had to stretch his hands out and get it from me. I pop style for thirty hours, then let him repeat. Now you pop it up with jokes. I'm dead. I'm asleep, bruh. Why he gotta go at Kanye like that? Father had to stretch his hands out and get it from me, like, bruh. And then said, "I pop style for thirty hours, then let him repeat." The greatness that you have to be to say that shit, right? And then for people that don't know, um, pop style was the the track that had uh, Drake. You're supposed to have Jay Z, and they only had Jay Z for a little snippet, and mm-hmm. then Kanye. Mm-hmm. So he referenced three Kanye right. tracks that I'm I'm guessing he wrote all three of them. The rumors were always out there that Kanye didn't write all of his stuff, mm-hmm. and I really don't have an issue with that because I'm a fan mostly of the beats and the production. 
but I enjoy his music. For somebody to air him out like this on a track. I don't think anybody's ever done this on a track. It's been people that made references to it. Like in King Kunta, when uh, Kendrick says, when, when he said, I can dig rapping, but a rapper with a ghostwriter, what the fuck happened? Oh no, I swore I wouldn't tell. But both of y'all share bars like you got the bottom buck in a two-man cell. Damn. And that was after he had went on tour with Kanye for the Yeezus tour. Because he opened up for Kanye. Mm -hmm. So he made a reference to that. And then also, um, J. Cole has made numerous references. Just like the first verse of False Idols is... Definitely talking about Kanye. I'm over by y'all putting pen to the sheets. Tired of sitting quiet and helping my enemies eat. Keep getting temperature checks. They know that my head overheats. Don't know why the fuck you niggas listen to Denim and Steve. Must have had your infrared wrong. Now your head in a bank. Like, he's talking that shit. The one, I think the one line that stood out to me that really killed me was when he said, we're going to send y'all an invoice. Bruh. <laughs> for, help, just... for helping y'all shit sell. Like, you had a diss me to get this money. And what was the invoice? He said the invoice for 20. What does that mean? Like 20 mil? I don't know. Sold another 20 for you, I'm guessing. Tell Ye, we got an invoice coming to you, considering that we just sold another 20 for you. All right. We're on the greatest website ever, genius.com. <laughs> it says Drake estimates that extra attention pushes album. Is going to get for the diss track result in another 20,000 units sold. 20, oh. And then, all right, so after the diss came out, um, Twitter, on Twitter, uh, Pusha T says, send the invoice for the extra 20. And this nigga Drake put that shit up on Instagram. Drake is the best. He is the greatest troll of all. <laughs> like, the pettiness that Drake has that would make him a shitty human being makes him an excellent entertainer. When it comes to these rap beefs? Because oh, even with the Meek Mill thing, like, Meek Mill, how many days did it take for Meek to come back? Too many. Yeah, like, to where it was like, nah, brother. And then the beefs. The memes is what put it over the top. The work. memes were lit. When then, was, was he, was, where was he performing when he first debuted that Meek meme on stage? His own shit. Yeah. Like, he had a concert. Was he on tour? No, that's what, like, at the end of the summer, he has the OVO Fest. Oh, yeah, that's right, that's right, that's right. And then, like, had all the memes going while he's rapping about that. And then, the best line of the back-to-back shit was... Is this your girl tour? Or is, is this a world, world tour? Your girl tour. <laughs> yep. I know this is what she meant when she said to open up, up more. more. Mm. Bruh. Drake got bodies now. But you know what? That's probably because Drake has probably been like bullied enough in his life to where he finally had enough to clap back. Like, yeah. You never know. Like, people who get bullied develop a certain kind of strength sometimes. I'm not going to say everybody because some people it does traumatize them. Right. But you start, like, when you can start making fun of yourself, Mm -hmm. when you can use other people's uh, punchlines on yourself, that's when you know, like. Yeah. 
And like you can spit fire back at people. My whole thing was like after a while, I just start getting these jokes off. Thank God I wasn't ever able to rap because I would have been out here just bodying <laughs> niggas. Like, I know you ain't talking. Killing you. Uh... <laughs> you been on my dick. You love my style. Freestyle, <laughs> freestyle Fridays and shit on the bus, Bruh But all right, going back to this Drake nigga. All right, the line I was talking about with Kendrick, where he kind of referenced Ghost Rider. But, yeah, so Drake is good at this shit. And, like, I know we were ta- we had the other conversation. We were talking about how Drake does semi-problematic things, like the unfollow of Rihanna. Rihanna. And the way he, tra- he kind of... Is possessive of women's emotions and mm-hmm. and that is very troubling at times. And then at other times you're like, that's kind of what makes him a good petty ass artist. Because you, you do a shit like uh, Instagram and invoices where you write for a nigga that's supposed to be one of the greatest artists of all time. And that's the other part of it. I almost feel like Drake wrote that shit about Kanye, and Pusha T was just the perfect. Just the he way just fit, to, yeah, fit the mold. It was a perfect way for him to do it, because you can't really just bust shots at somebody of that stature without you coming off as oh okay. Mm-hmm. But it was the perfect way, <clears throat> and plus Drake is so fucking calculated. But why did did Drake have a reason to diss Kanye? That's what I'm saying. Not really. He's wrote for him. He's, he wrote some of the stuff in Wyoming. He's wrote stuff. Like, that's what he referenced also in it. And then he calls out Kanye for the Virgil thing in Duppy Freestyle where he says, I could never have a, a Virgil in my circle and hold him back because it makes me nervous. I want to see my brothers flourish to the highest purpose. You niggas leeches and serpents. I think it's good that now the teachers are learning. Like, you know, with Virgil... Apparently, Kanye felt some type of way about Virgil Abloh being creative director now for Louis Vuitton. Mm -hmm. And also, at other times, Kanye has aired out that he kind of feels a certain type of way about when people leave him to go on to other things. So he's possessive. Yeah. And then also, the irony of it, and somebody else mentioned this on Twitter, they were like, He's talking all that shit about he could never have a Virgil in his circle, but party next door, he did the exact same thing. Weekend. Your brother said it was your cousin, then him, then you. Mm. So you don't rap what you did. You just rap what you knew. Don't be ashamed. There's plenty of niggas that do what you do. There's no malice in your heart. You are approachable, dude. Bruh. Right. For people that don't know, Pusha T's brother, who was in clips with him was named Malice. Malice became a Christian and changed his name to No Malice. Mm. So he's inserting all this shit in there. And he said, man, you might might have sold the college kids for Nikes and Mercedes, but you act like you sold drugs for Escobar in the 80s. Nigga, (laughs) are you for real? Basically calling this nigga out like you ain't about this life. I had a microphone of yours, but then the signature faded. 
I think that pretty much resembles what's been happening lately. Please believe your demise will be televised. And as for Q, man, I changed his life a couple of times. Nigga was at Kroger worker double time. Y'all acted like he made the boy when I was trying to help the guy. So that's about the Quentin Miller thing where everybody says that Quentin Miller was writing for Drake, which never really made a lot of sense. And that's also what started the whole Meek Mill thing. Mm -hmm. And the Meek Mill thing is still fascinating. (laughs) Like, for multiple reasons. It's still hilarious. Yeah. For one, Meek got in his feelings and started trying to uh, say shit. And then was on Twitter doing all that talking and acting like he was going to body Drake. And then Drake came out with that first song and put it on wax. That wasn't, it wasn't too good. It was kind of boring. And then when back to back dropped, it was like, oh, fuck. So niggas is waiting everywhere for uh, Meek to come out with his shit. And by the time it came out, it was over. It was tonight. Like, Drake had these suburban-ass white kids talking about Meek was a pussy. <laughs> Meek fucking Bill. They were talking oh about Meek God. Bill was a fucking pussy. If there is no way to kill your self-esteem. It is to get online and see little white kids. Talk about, you ain't hard. Drake killed you. Calling you a pussy. Bruh. Bless his heart. They were, they were talking about that everywhere. See, that's also when I realized how powerful Drake actually is. I wonder how Nikki dealt with that. I know. You know, I feel like she didn't. I feel like that's why they ended up breaking up. He was probably in his feelings over that for way too long. Yeah. I mean, for a second, I didn't think Meek was ever, ever going to recover. To be all the way honest, if he hadn't went to jail for a, him being like, for that judge being as fucked up as she was with that, which that's a still crazy situation. And him kind of reinventing himself as an advocate for prison reform and mm-hmm. uh, criminal defense. His career might have been over. Yeah. But I, I was thinking about that the other day. Like, him going to prison and him being away for these months really helped him. And then also, um, Philly in the Super Bowl coming out to Dreams and Nightmares, which is still an amazing uh, song. And then winning the Super Bowl. And right, then, and then Philly uh, 76ers being the team and them always shout out Meek Mill and then he had uh, Robert Kraft from the Patriots in one of the weirdest friendships I've ever seen being a friend of Meek Mill you didn't you haven't seen any of that? No the owner of the Patriots is a, a good friend of Meek Mill he visited him a lot in <laughs> That's prison That's yeah, nigga, get me out of here. <laughs> and, that, and that's what he was trying to do. Like him and the owner of the Seventy Sixers, and all. like it was a group of like these billionaires mm-hmm. who were starting to like fuck with Meek Mill. Like on a personal level, it was it's it's really weird. Is the love for Philly that deep? I don't know. Like, do you think it's a loyalty to Philly? I think it's part of that. But Robert Kraft is, I mean. In Boston, but I guess that's I don't, I don't know. It's a lot of weird shit that happened with that, and I'm glad he's out. 
Yeah, definitely. Finally. Especially the way that, that did you like ever look at the ways that that uh, the judge was impartial and being like very like didn't they say that she <laughs> she wanted him to make a, a remake of Down on My Knees yes. by Boys to Men? Yes, and wouldn't she like? It? Yeah. Did she ever ask him for money or something or for she would ask him for like to like perform and or, stuff like it's all kind of st- crazy like blackmail type shit yeah like, and the other thing is like they grew up I think in the same hood mm. like because it's a black lady yeah and I think she grew up a couple of streets down from me that's what pissed me off man but that be that's how that shit be yeah like sometimes when people get a little bit of power they won't want you to kneel and kiss the ring and it's like bruh high school was <laughs> too long but ago she don't have the right kind of power though like she might have been able to be unfair to him for a little while but he's the one with the fame so right. whatever power he does have is gonna live a little bit longer than her it's like once he gets out well now that he's out we ain't thinking about her for real no more but that's the scary thing why? She's still a judge. Oh yeah. So, so she's it's definitely still happening. She's doing this to other people's lives. I wonder if they investigate any of her other cases because of Meek. I think they're they're starting to, because there are people like the ACLU and other people that are looking into it. Like that's the one good thing that can come from his situation, if. In some weird twist of faith, what if the dude who was laughed at a couple years ago ended up changing the criminal uh, justice system all because of his shit? And plus, he was also addicted to uh, painkillers. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, he was addicted to opioids. Like, he said that was part of his thing. Like, when he was out here wilding, mm-hmm. he was addicted. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He did say that. Yeah, because Breakfast Club did an interview with mm-hmm. him. Yeah. And he's been all around spreading the message. And, I mean, if he's doing good, that's that's good. He finna turn into Chance the Rapper. Drug dealing aside, goose right in the side. Let's have a heart to heart about your pride. Even though you're multi, I see that your soul don't look alive. The M's count different when baby divides the pie. Wait, let's examine why. Your music for the past few years been angry and full of lies. I started at the home front, I'm on one. Dennis Graham, stay off the gram, bitch, I'm on one. You mentioned wedding ring like it's a bad thing. Alright, um... I'm going to do something a little different. My beautiful co-host couldn't make it right now. She is on vacation. So I'm going to let her have her time. But as I was editing the podcast, um, a lot of major things happen. Um, I'll save a lot of it for our next episode. But I want to talk about one thing that we did touch on on this episode. To my delight and surprise, Pusha T responded with his own uh, diss, and it was one of the most epic diss I've ever heard in my life. Like, I was hype over the Duffy freestyle, but 
Pusha T literally push the limits of things you should be able to say to somebody and about somebody and about their family and about their friends and about does anybody in general when I say he bodied that and like I discussed how Drake is so petty and that's what makes him a pretty entertaining person I ain't never heard nobody this petty like I've heard I'm a huge rap fan and I've heard a lot of crazy things on rap lyrics I mean outside of you know when Gucci kind of told uh, Jeezy to dig up his friend <laughs> uh, that, yeah that was definitely very crazy uh also, when Pop said, that's why I fucked your bitch, you fat motherfucker, that was. Or the time that Pop joked on Prodigy of Mob Deep for having sickle cell. Saying, ain't you got sickle cell, you ain't living well. Yeah. Yo, Pop was mad disrespectful on another note. That was intense. You know, it's been a, it's been a lot of great beefs in time. I ain't never seen this much personal information just put out on a song about somebody you had a rap beef with. Now you can make the argument that um, Drake kind of opened that door by bringing um, Pusha T's wife into this or his uh, fiance. I want to use the correct uh, terminology. But uh, I guess Pusha T decided that he was going to, you know, take this to a whole nother level. First and foremost, he rapped over the story of OJ uh, beat, which as direct as he went at Drake, that had to have been calculated. He was way too calculated in these lyrics. And to have the cover of (laughs) the story of Adidon being... Drake in blackface is just wow. So let's just get a little bit into it. All right, we're gonna talk about some of the people that push the T dist in this. Um, first one, Drake's mom, Drake's dad. Um, to the surprise of several people on the internet, including me, uh, Drake's baby mom. I had no idea that Drake was a father. And it's kind of weird to find that out in a diss track. Um, he didn't diss Drake's baby, but by airing out the fact that Drake had a child, do what he will. And then the most savage of all, he joked on Drake's longtime producer, uh, Forty, who many of you will know. Forty has multiple sclerosis, and uh, yeah, and with no mercy at all, Pusha T went all the way in. All right, so this is how I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna play a couple of things, and I'm gonna stop it after significant uh things that are discussed so let's get into this one bro 
All right. Like, this dude don't waste no time. He already goes in with the baby disc, and then he goes at Dennis Graham, who is Drake's father, who is kind of a celebrity in himself, and he's gets a lot of follows on Instagram and stuff, and he even came out with a song, which was actually really good, I believe, last year. But he says, Dennis Graham, stay off the gram. Bitch, I'm on one. You mentioned wedding ring like it's a bad thing. Your father waited. Your father walked away at five. Hell of a dad thing. Marriage is something that Sandy never had. Drake, how you a winner? But she keep coming up in last place. He knocks out the whole. He takes a shot at Drake's, both of Drake's parents, which I've never seen. That I could think of in a rap beef. Somebody dissing both their mother and their father. In the same verse. Like, that shit's just fucking crazy. But it gets worse. He says, monkey suit Dennis, you parade him. A Steve Harvey suit nigga made him. You know how hard that line is for me, who my given name is Dennis, to be like, damn, bro, I don't even want that to be my name right now. And I'm named after my father. That shit is intense. And he do be wearing them Steve Harvey suits. We we can we can just be real with that. All jokes aside, he does be on them Steve Harvey suits. The long lapels and a lot of buttons. Confused, always felt you weren't black enough, afraid to grow it. Cause your fro wouldn't nap enough. Bro. Like this shit, alright. It's already a problem. Now he's just being really problematic. He's going at this dude's race, his racial identity. Like, that's why I knew this shit was about to get intense. I had no idea where it was going to end, but I was like, oh my God. Since you name dropped my fiance, let him know who you chose as your fiance. Sophie knows better. Ask your baby mother. Cleaned her up on IG, but the stench is still on her. All right. I know tons of people have always, well, not tons. There's been a lot of women who say that Drake is the father of their child. But those are always written off as rumors. Like, Drake is out here on some real life Billie Jean shit. And the way we found this out is in a diss. Like, that shit is fucking bananas. Like, I'm not going to like do the whole slut shaming thing. Where allegedly she was, his uh, baby mom is either a video vixen or, by some reports, a, a porn star. But, I mean, it's a job just like everything else. It's controversial idea that may be to a lot of you savage-ass motherfuckers. It is what it is. But the way Pusha T aired it out, that shit is, that's a problem. And then he said, uh, a baby's involved is deeper than rap. We talk in character. Let me get, let me keep with the facts. You are hiding a child. <laughs> let that boy come home. Deadbeat motherfucker playing Border Patrol. Like, I've seen a couple of people on Twitter talk about this, but the fact that he didn't even, like, in rhymes say you hiding a child, he was just like, just airing that shit out. It's so fucking petty. 
And it's so fucking funny at the same time. Not the situation. Because there is a child involved. But the way that this petty ass motherfucker did it. It's so fucking funny. And then he says. Adonis who allegedly is Drake's son. He deserves more than uh, Adidas press run. That's real. Love that baby. Respect that girl. Forget she's a porn star. Let her be in your world. Yeah. Like, this dude's out of control, man. Love that baby. Respect that girl. Forget she's a porn star. Let her be in your world. Yeah. The level of disgust that this dude put on that is so... Oh, my God. I just... Wow. And he, he said, how dare you point yay in my verses? I'm selfish. I want all the curses. I'm pre-booking the churches. Me versus three hearses. If we all go to hell, it'll be worth it. <laughs> that dude know he wrong. And he's just like, if I go to hell for this shit, fuck it. That's a level of savagery that I think we can all appreciate. It's absurd and ridiculous, but it's so fucking funny. Already aligned with the greats and on the same note, the only ones I chase are two ghosts. Still give me you classics. That's the only thing that dates me. OVO 40, hunched over like he 80. Tick, tick, tick. How much time he got? That man is sick, sick, sick. I got the devil flow nigga, sick, sick, sick. (laughs) Search for summer with it. Snip, snip, snip. And you don't really want it with him. Yo, he went in. Like, it's fucking crazy, man. Let's let's just take it to the Jay-Z and Nas beef. Like, Jay threw out the line. Nas responded with Ether. And Jay responded with Super Ugly, which a lot of people forget about for some reason. Even though he had the infamous line, leaving condoms on the baby seat. Talking about not uh, having sex with Nas's baby mom. That ain't got shit. All the stuff he's talking about in this fucking song. And I see a lot of people who want to be forgetful now and say things like Pusha T took it too far for a rap song and it was corny. No, this is some old school gangster-ish. Like, this is how it used to go down. And for one, for Drake fans to act like Drake went out here dissing Kid Cudi for having depression and being suicidal. It takes a lot of balls for you to want to use that same sympathy with Drake. Like Drake has been out here acting foul for a long time. Do I enjoy some of it? Yes. Because I'm petty. From a long line of petty people. That's kind of what I do. But. Like as far as his music shit. I mean that's what it is. It's not. Like as dirty. <laughs> like it's going to sound weird. But as dirty as the things he said. I mean. It's war now. Like. And I cannot wait. Because if Drake, the only way Drake could come back and win this 
is he's going to have to, I don't know what he's going to have to do. Because the other thing was, I really didn't, I kind of felt like Pusher T didn't have to respond. Like, he's OGs, a legend in this game, it don't matter. Now to, like, people that's, like, 25 and younger, they going to think Pusher T is whack. That's not Pusher T's audience. It don't matter about none of that shit. And it would have just been left at, it is what it is. But the fact that he came back and he came back this way, and Drake just got to square up and fight this dude on some real shit. Like he, and there's also other people who are saying that Drake was going to release a line with Adidas named after his son, and that was going to be the way to for it to come out and everything. So apparently, like push push the T even went farther than we thought because he he's literally revealing business secrets at this point. So I don't know, man. It I will say it is very fun to be to listen to good rap. And also have beef. And know that this shit really ain't gonna spill over into the streets. Drake ain't... Now, if they fight... If they square up and fight on some other shit... Then it is what it is. But I don't think this shit's gonna spill over into the streets or nothing. It ain't gonna be nothing like that. If anything, it's just gonna be some passive-aggressive-ass shit coming from Drake. But I'm hoping... And Drake decides that this is when he's going to snatch the crown. Now, he won't go after somebody like Kendrick or Cole. But he'll go after Pusha T. And then plus, the fact that Pusha T was one of Drake's idols growing up. He loved Clips. I mean, he said it just like he bought that microphone that he alluded to. And Duppy Freestyle. But this is a problem, man. And Drake really doesn't have to respond. Like, he passed Elvis, I think, today of having the most top 10 billboard uh, hits on the top bill on the billboard 200. Drake, Drake is already a legend. To be all the way just honest. And I know people get bothered by the idea of saying that Drake is a legend, but he is. Like, his reign is pretty unstoppable. So he could ignore it if he wants on some pop shit. But if he really about this hip-hop shit, he gonna come back. I just don't know what he can come back to. Like, short of Pusha T long time ago punching a baby in the face or some other nefarious shit. I I don't know, man. Drake doesn't have to respond, but he also has to make sure he can't... Drake can't do certain things that Pusha T is allowed to do. Pusha T ain't out here getting his corporate money. And for a lot of people, Drake is safe. 
even with the W freestyle, it wasn't too out of line. It was dope because he was using bars and shit. But it stayed a respectable way. I don't I don't know if Drake, if Drake can go as deep as Pusha T did. So the smart move may be for him not to say anything. But if he want the crown, he, he got to end it, man. We never got to see that with Meek. By the time Meek came out with his uh, response, it was all over. And then he kind of ran into the same situation. Like, I always think that Meek had written something, but it just wasn't as good as back-to-back. They would play back-to-back in the club. That was on charts. Well, you got diss album. I mean, diss tracks on charts. Like, Drake is a whole different animal. That's why I don't know if it's going to... I don't know if it's worth it. But we'll see. Hopefully, I won't have to add any more... uh, edits to this uh, podcast because I mean shit happens every day now like I'm not going to talk about the Roseanne thing like I'll save that for next week when I have Kim with me but it's it's hard editing these things in real time because this shit has a a shelf life if I had put this up yesterday man it would have been useless. So yeah, I'm excited to see what happens with this whole Drake thing. This Drake and Pusha T thing. Because this is a thing now. This isn't just like some one-off things. Like, well, I guess after Drake's response and Pusha T's set, uh, response to Drake. We are three quality tracks in. And Pusha T is fresh off an amazing album. And also, Kanye comes out with an album this Friday. And then we get to see the remaining three projects coming up. So, it's going to be intense, man. And it's not over. I don't think. I really don't think it's over. Either Drake's going to come back with some sly shit. Or, I guess he's just going to push the button. We'll see. So thank you guys for tuning in today to Suburban Pod. If you would like to follow me on Twitter, you can find me at Curvy Brown Girl. And you can find me at a kid named Juice. Some of our music today was provided by our good friend Corey Battle. You can follow him on SoundCloud at DJC Battle. New episodes available every Thursday.